Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and what I am going to do is read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is called Transformation. Excuse me. Here we go. There was a moment in time when I attempted spiritual suicide. I allowed the negative opinions of others to totally cloud my mind, festering away at me, keeping me miserable and angry. And I was violent all of the time. I shut out positive thinking because to me, it was a waste of time. So I ignorantly chose to suffer, barely surviving. But one day I heard someone say, your life is what you make it. There had to be something greater. So I started to desire it because believing that there was nothing more would only convince me that I had nothing to live for. Love is life. And somehow I had stopped loving myself. I can't remember when it happened, but I wanted to be well. So I embraced positive thinking and God, I started wholeheartedly seeking. I desired to see myself through his eyes. He gave me many reasons to rebuke the enemy's lies and to think that at one time I really hated my life. But once I found God, I made a wise choice to not only follow him, but to use my own voice to fulfill my purpose and walk in God's love. I am so glad that on me, he never gave up. It is because of God that I am still breathing. And I am so grateful that the spirit of suicide did not overtake me in my ignorance. By God's grace and mercy, I am still here. And I do believe in the power of transformation and prayer. So I hope that you all are having the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. However, today I wanted to talk about knowledge and wisdom. Now, in the Bible, Proverbs 1-7 reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And Proverbs 18, 15 reads, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. So let's get into this, shall we? Now, for those of you who have never heard any of my episodes Over a period of time, I decided to begin sharing the definition of certain words that I may say during this broadcast. One reason being is that I do not want to assume that everyone knows the meaning of every single word I use when attempting to convey my thoughts to this audience. So with that being said, I use the word festering in my poem. Let me provide what the definition of this word is according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary. It means the following. It says festering of a negative feeling or problem, 
becomes worse or more intense, especially through long-term neglect or indifference. And an example of this word in a sentence would be, they had ignored festering social problems. Also, let me just do this real quick, y'all. I'm going to tell you the synonyms for festering. Just so. And they are fevered, infected, fevered, sorry, infected, irritated, sore, burnt, chafed. So those are some synonyms. I also just use the word convey. This word also, according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, means communicate and or make an idea, impression or feeling known or understandable to someone. An example of this word used in a sentence is the real virtues and diversity of America had never been conveyed in the movies. And the synonym for this one, for this word, bear with me just a moment, please, is transport, carry, bring, take, fetch, bear, move, or ferry. So I hope this will help anyone who may not have understood the meaning of these two words gain an even better understanding of them after hearing the definition of the definition of them. And while we are here, please allow me a moment to provide <laughs> the definition of the two words I would love to talk about on this episode today. And those words are knowledge and wisdom. So according to the same dictionary, the Oxford Languages Dictionary, knowledge means facts, information, and skills acquired by a person through experience or education. The theoretical or practical understanding of a subject, or it can also mean awareness or familiarity gained by experience of a fact or situation. Wisdom, on the other hand, by definition, means the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, or the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So now that we have gotten the definitions out of the way, <laughs> let's delve into this. Did you know that there are four types of knowledge? For those of you who answer no, trust me, you are not alone because neither did I. However, they are as follows. Factual knowledge. These are the terminologies, glossaries, details, and they are necessary in building details of any professional domain. Conceptual knowledge. This gives a person the ability to draw from what they already know and grasp on to new brand new topics. Procedural knowledge. This is when a person uses the knowledge that they have gained to perform a certain task. And quite simply put, it's how you know to do something. And then there's metacognitive knowledge. This is when a person understands how they are able to learn a subject matter or anything by being aware of their own cognitive processors and the demands of a particular learning task, as well as 
different ways and how to approach a problem to solve it or different ways of learning something. For example, when you learn, I personally, I learn best through repetition. So if I do things over and over again, eventually I can pretty much do it in my sleep. Some people learn by memorizing. So it just, you know, it just depends. So why is knowledge important in our relationships? Glad you asked. In my opinion, knowledge pays a very, in my opinion, knowledge pays a very important role in relationships because how you form a lasting, how do you or how can you form a lasting relationship with someone you barely know? Better yet, how would the relationship prosper over time if you have not taken the necessary time to get to know the person whom you claim you would love to do life with? I truly believe that if I am not taking time to get to know a person, that I will, um, how will I ever truly know if whether or not this person and I are combat are compatible? Y'all, it's in the wee hours of the morning, so I'm literally fighting sleep, but also trying to record this podcast. So please bear with me. <laughs> that was just a moment of transparency. So this is one reason why I believe it is important to spend time with your person of interest, significant other, future hubby or future wifey, if for no other reason than to gain further insight and knowledge about them and how you both operate collaboratively as well as individually. Do you work well together or do you work better alone? When you take time out to get to know someone, you will then recite answers to some of the following questions. Um... Sorry, you will then receive answers to some of the following questions. What are their pet peeves? What are their proclivities? What are their triggers? What are their deal breakers? Do they desire to be married someday? Why or why not? Do they have or do they want children? Why or why not? Do they want to own property someday? Do they already own property? How do they manage their finances? Do they desire a monogamous relationship? If the answer is no, why or why not? If the answer is yes, why or why not? Or are they keeping their options open and vice versa? Whomever has chosen you as their person of interest, they should take time out to gain further knowledge about you. That is my honest opinion. Your likes as well as your dislikes. I also believe that a great way to gain additional knowledge about your person of interest is to see them in different settings. For instance, how do they respond to you when they are angry? How do they respond to you when they are frustrated? How do they respond to you when their money is looking a little funny? And whenever their funds are low or even when their funds are high, if this applies to you, because for some of you, People having low funds may not be an issue. <laughs> One day I'm going to have that problem. Anyways, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> How do they respond to you when there is a death in the family? How do they respond to you when you need their advice on the subject matter? How do they respond to you if you need their help, let's say, with moving? The list goes on. However, I remember hearing a pastor once say, you should always see how your significant other operates under pressure when experiencing the death of a loved one, 
managing their finances when they are angry, sad, happy, or even indifferent. This would tell you a lot about the individual. So I believe that this was wisdom one-on-one. I also believe that you should see how quickly your person of interest bounces back from a disagreement with you. Anytime that you are getting to know someone, one of your primary focuses should be on becoming acquainted with that person. This is for you to see if you two can hold an intellectual conversation without either one of you becoming heated. Then, if that goes well, you can start to discover what the both of you have in common. For example, do you both like sports? If the answer is yes, which sports? Are they the same types of interests or are they different? Then discuss other things such as places you've traveled or places you would love to travel to. Subjects that aren't too heavy at first. Just to see if whether or not you and said person have enough in common or don't. Hopefully, over time, this can evolve into not only a healthy dialogue, but a healthy friendship, too. During this process, both of you should be paying very close attention to any red flags that may arise. If you just do, if you just so happen to see one or two red flags, take a moment and address them. So for those of you that don't know, that have never listened to any of my episodes, I have a tendency to journal. I journal all the time. I write all the time. Um, There are even times that I will take time out to write out my episodes. And I didn't always do that. Um, If you've been listening to me for quite some time, then you will know that initially when I started out my episodes, I was freestyling. So whatever was laid on my heart, that's what I shared. Over a course of time, um, excuse me, the more that I'm learning about content creating and all of that, I started to realize that I may want to take some of the information that I share on my podcast to other social media platforms, but I may not remember exactly how I put it in a certain context on the um, podcast. So in an effort to become more flexible, um, as I am considering other platforms, there are now times that I will take time out to do my research, to write my vision down, to make it plain, and to also write down what it is that I'm going to talk about, especially when it's a lot of information to cover in a little bit of time. So that was just something that I wanted to share for those of you that are interested in why I do what I do and how I do what I do. But what I would do is write them down. I am a visual learner and therefore I have to write things down, especially how I feel. Um, Mostly I have to write it down first. This allows me to process my thoughts. So for some of you that also don't know, I am a two-time brain surgery survivor and I currently have a tumor in my brain. Um, And so there are some deficiencies that come with um, being a two-time brain surgery survivor. So in a way of me coping with that, um, I have learned that writing is actually good for me. So that's another reason why I write. Now, I was writing before I ever found out about the tumor in my brain. Please don't get that wrong. But now it's become one of the tools that I use to be able to function a little bit better, if that makes sense. So what I tend to do is get my thoughts out by writing them down. And I try to follow this process as much as I can. 
Next, I replayed the situation back in my mind. I tried to place myself in the other person's shoes and maybe having all these years of customer service, I have um, experience, I have learned how not to internalize every single offense. But I don't always make a hundred on this because I am naturally a very sensitive person. But I have practiced this for a while now. And I think I've gotten a lot better on how I address um, times when I have been offended by someone. What I'm learning about myself is that what I tend to do is um, I literally would just close myself down or shut myself down. So what I now do, because I used to be very reactive. um, So now what I notice is that I'll just shut myself down and I just won't say anything and I process my thoughts. So if I'm not anywhere by a piece of pen or paper, then what I'll do is take the time out to go inside of myself And I will literally replay the conversation over my head and I will replay the tone, um, the emotions, everything that's involved. And then I will pray. So I do that a lot um, so that I because I try to make sure that when I do respond, that it is not an emotional response where I will say something that I can never take back. So. That is something that I've had to practice over the years because I used to be very reactive and I used to say first and re- and think about it later. Um, and I realized how damaging that that could be to people. And so I have reversed that curse, so to speak. Now, once I've written it down, played it over my mind, placed myself in that person's shoes, I then look for an opportunity, whether it is a phone call or a conversation to address the offense directly. I try to remove the emotions out of it and state the facts. I have learned how to do this over the years, as I just stated, due to many conversations not going as planned on both ends. Sometimes this goes well and sometimes it does not go well, but it helps me to keep a level head nevertheless. Once I have addressed my concerns, I try to listen attentively, apologize for any misunderstandings and work towards a resolution. However, if I am asked to table a conversation, most times I will oblige. I believe that in doing so, this may allow the other person the opportunity to process their thoughts um, and take some time to consider how they may do certain things um, and operate in certain ways. Not only that, when you respect the other person's request to quote unquote table a conversation until a later time so that he or she is able to process their thoughts and how they would like to address certain questions, you are also able to process how you approach the situation. This way, if an apology needs to take place because of how your tone was initially or because you may or may not have gotten the facts right, or it could be as simple as this is the wisest choice. This will hopefully allow the both of you to honor one another on a different level, as well as yourselves. I believe this is wisdom. So wisdom is important when it comes to building healthy relationships. And when we gain the knowledge of how to treat our person of interest, this will hopefully ignite the wisdom within us to treat them with the respect they deserve, whether we are in their presence or not. Some of you may catch the last statement later. 
It's when you apply what you have learned about someone and they are able to see that you have been paying close attention that you will inevitably gain their trust because you showed them by your actions that they are significant to you and you are considerate as well as concerned about those things which concern them. So I ask you on today, do you believe you need knowledge? Do you believe you need wisdom? Or do you believe you need both to maintain a healthy and balanced relationship? I believe that a person needs both. However, we can always agree to disagree and that's okay. Either way, that's your business in my Tabitha Brown voice. Well, this is going to conclude my episode on today. However, before I officially conclude this episode, I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. It is dated July 21st of 2022. Here we go. Dear future hubby, as I wait patiently for you to manifest in my life, I think about a lot of mistakes I have made over the course of my life. A lot of bad choices, some due to my being impatient, not being willing to stay the course and wait, thinking that if I could just have it now, excuse me, thinking that if I could just have it now, my life would be that much greater. However, I have learned the hard way that being anxious for anything, including marriage, is not wise. I understand the power in waiting now. This has not always been my testimony. However, during the wait, we can learn so much about ourselves. We gain priceless knowledge about ourselves. We are then able to convey at a later time who we truly are or if we are still working through the process of discovering who we are. This allows our purpose partner the chance to take notes and learn how it is we desire to be treated, our own love languages, and vice versa. Waiting is a good thing. There truly is power in waiting. It is not a curse. Even the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint, according to Isaiah 40, 31. Well, I choose to wait for you. However, in the meantime, I also choose to wait on myself. Now, please understand, my wait for you is according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or until something else happens. However, my waiting on myself means that I will cater to myself as I wait. Taking inventory of those things that I love about myself and those things that I would absolutely love to change about myself while doing the needful until the appointed date and time when you arrive in my life and beyond. You see, I choose not to make you suffer for the self-work I didn't do in your absence, as a lot of people are guilty of. I, too, have been guilty of this very thing. However, by serving self, I am teaching self how to love how to give love, and how to receive love. During this process, I am removing all unhealthy self-belief systems that I adopted throughout the years that no longer service the person who I am becoming. I understand that I may not always get this right. However, I am certain that my efforts will not be in vain. I pray that you are waiting on yourself too, whatever this looks like for you. I love you. Love, Teresa. So this will now officially conclude this episode on today. However, please, please, please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.
bye and thank you so much for listening.